Hey, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant, I'm one of the pastors here, and I am really excited to get the service started for you this morning. If this is your first time joining us, especially with our online exclusive service for Boxing Day this morning, a special welcome to you. We are so glad that you're here and we would love to get to know you a little bit better. And with the online format, it's hard to necessarily see that you're new here, that you know we just see sometimes numbers and little bits of data. Uh, let us know, either send a comment out on the feed or you can email us, uh, hello at cedarvalley.ca. We'd love to get one of the pastors or leadership members uh, just in touch with you to get to know you, uh, see how you can fit in and plug in and uh, help you get to know us as a church. Uh, it'd be fantastic. Uh, announcement for everybody too, just as a reminder, we are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Follow our social media channels. It's one of the best ways to just stay informed and kind of up to date about the stuff happening day to day throughout the week. Some announcements, some devotional posts, just stuff happening, local events. Uh, yeah, best ways to stay involved. And you can also sign up for a weekly email newsletter at cedarvalley.ca. You'll find it at the bottom of the page or there might even be a pop-up there. On Fridays, we just kind of compile everything, information about some of our partner organizations, throw it all into that email. Okay, now, so we are so thankful for your ongoing support financially through time, through prayer that you have just done to support the work and ministry of Cedar Valley Church. Things like even the Christmas Eve service we got to do last night, the reverse ad, reverse advent calendar drop-off that we did through the whole month of December, just filling the food bank and mission here, filling the shelves up to the rafters. Fantastic things just at work in action, using our facilities to reach out into community as much as we possibly can with support groups. It, in case you didn't know, we've got, I think now a total of six different NAAA support groups happening throughout the week on different times, just to meet those needs that are so important, especially during a time where you know, we're still in pandemic, we're still in social isolation in different ways, and having support like that is absolutely critical. A huge part of that is your financial contributions. And we are so thankful for the ways that we've been able to thrive during a pandemic, during economic difficulties, during uh, whether it's changes of job or loss of job or moving around, whatnot. But we're thriving, we're able to do God's work and it's because of that and we believe that God does bless and multiply what we offer up to him and shows us exactly where we can be doing that and pouring into that. We do have a few ways to give. If you're looking to support us in that way, you can head over to our website, cedarvalley.ca slash give, and you'll find a few different ways. And just as a reminder, if you are looking to get your donations in for the 2021 tax year, that has to be done before December 31st. The receipt of the transaction has to actually be fully complete. So whether it's an e-transfer, stuff like that. So make sure if you're looking to get that kind of done just for your own uh, bookkeeping, a uh, few days left in that for this year. Okay, uh, a couple of announcements this morning. We're online, fantastic. Hopefully you didn't come to the church knocking on the door. It's Boxing Day, right? So kind of a bit of a bizarre day after a really busy Christmas Eve, Christmas Day celebrations. Hoping you had some fantastic times with friends or families or were able to connect however you could, whether it's just through the phone or Zoom or even in person. Uh, next week, January 2nd, we are gonna be back on campus and uh, stay after the service. Stick around, we have an announcement and update just for the future of what we're doing here as a church happening after the service. Uh, other than that, we're gonna get the service started here. So we're gonna have a time of worship singing. There'll be lyrics on the screen. You can join in however you feel comfortable. After that, we have a special video just for the kids. Pastor Doug is gonna introduce that for you. Also stick around, really fun. Parents too, good engaging materials from the Orange Curriculum, which we implement in our kids programs here on Sunday mornings. And after that, it's Rob, Pastor Rob, our transitional pastor, his last message. A couple weeks back, we got to celebrate him when we were all here in person, but he is just bringing us a end of year, end of transition season report. We're still in that season, but it's Rob's last Sunday with us. Fantastic message, share it around. Make sure you save it, like like it if you're on YouTube, just subscribe to the channel. It's a really good message. Uh, just bringing home what he has brought us through, some words of encouragement, some challenge moving forward from this. Just before we get into all of that though, it is Boxing Day. I spent several years working in retail and this is a chaotic day. Like I have a little, I have some traumatic memories from it. Some, it brings up, you know, some sweats and some skin crawling issues. It, it gets pretty wild because there's sales and there's people shopping and the Amazon trucks are flying all around the streets. It's a pretty wild day. Uh, and sometimes we almost need a little bit of an antidote to that level of consumerism. So here's a question for you. If you're, well, whatever platform you're on, Facebook or YouTube, head over to the comment section or even just share amongst yourself, wherever you're watching from, what is the best gift you have ever given somebody? 
And like, what was the reaction there? Was it just something that was really meaningful or did it fill a need that they really need? Was it a like tremendous monetary value that had a huge impact or was it even just like something handmade, right? I know the best gift I ever gave uh, was my parents. That was like, we, we took a model and between me and my sisters and we actually like wrote poetry and biblical verses all over. It was like a handmade kind of craft and that had a massive impact. So share with us, share with each other, what's the best gift you've ever given? Let's combat, you know, a little bit of the antidote to that consumerism of just receiving so much and shopping and uh, just share some of the joy that we've gotten out of blessing others and pouring out. Thanks for joining us this morning, Cedar Valley.
that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior. Thanks for joining us in that time of worship. We're just gonna spend a few moments here in prayer, so join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this whole past year. Man, God, and it seems wild to actually think of using the words thank you for, because we've, we're still in the midst of and the meat of a pandemic, God, with the virus spreading around rampant, God, with different restrictions and isolation and distrust and disunity and division running rampant, God, and social issues that seem to spice up every time there's a bit of a lull, something new happens. And then, God, we had climate issues, a heat wave, and then a flood, and God, ice storms. What else is next? What's coming next? Uh, but we still are so thankful, God, for the blessings that you have given us. It seems so easy to just focus on the tragedies, but God, the fact that there is so many things that you have supported us in as a church, as a community, as a people, as a city and mission here, God, uh, and just us ourselves personally. God, I thank you for the amount, like the life that has been preserved through a pandemic, through health issues this year. And though there has been loss, with loved ones. God, there's also been a lot of sustain. There's been miraculous healings. God, there has been people who've been delivered from or at least given diagnosis and way forwards from illnesses that have plagued us for so long. 
God, you've delivered us financially through a time that should have been so hard. And God, it hasn't been simple, but we've trusted in you and you have provided through us, through means, through blessing, through work, through jobs, through provisions. So God, we thank you for that. And we just pray that you, uh, this morning too, bless the offering and multiply uh, what's been given up to you. And just show us where to use this, where to impact this city of mission. God, how to bring your love, your gospel into people's lives here. God, let's pray as we go on with this morning uh, for the kids lesson that uh, they are able to focus and hear a message straight into their hearts, into their minds, God, and just see your playfulness and your design for them in, your li in their lives, God, and, and your love. And God, as uh, Pastor Rob brings us his last message for us, that we can just take it to heart, God, the encouragements and the challenges to see how we can uh, take what we've learned, but also, God, move forward and take next steps forward into this next year, 2022. Scott, we just pray all these things in your name. Amen. Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. Wow, is it cold out there? Bundle up when you head out if you're going to do some sledding this afternoon. Well, Christmas is over. Well, sort of. You know, I bet you still have your tree up. You've got another week of vacation and you're probably having a whole lot of fun playing with your Christmas presents. Well, you know what? In the Bible, the original Christmas story that we read at Christmas time, well, something very special happened after Christmas Day there as well. Check it out. It's a great story. Hey guys, doing a little post-Christmas cleanup. I'm trying to clean up, Kellen, but apparently I'm ruining the mood. And I'm trying to keep the Christmas celebration going. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, our story today is about a few guys who wanted to celebrate Jesus long after Christmas Day. Okay, can't wait to hear it. Take it away, Kellen. Sure will. Lights. When Jesus was born, Wise men from the east noticed a star shining in the sky. Look at that! Do you see? I've never seen that star before. Does that star mean what I think it means? Only one way to find out. To Jerusalem! Oh. <laughs> Somehow, when they saw the star, the wise men knew that God had sent a savior. The Savior God had promised to send the world for years and years. They didn't have all the information, but they knew that they would find answers in Jerusalem. They had a long journey ahead, so they traveled. Are we in Jerusalem yet? Uh, uh, no. And traveled. How about now? Nope. And traveled. Are we? No. no until finally they arrived in Jerusalem. When they got there, they started to ask all around. Excuse me. Maybe you can help us. We are from the East, and we were wondering if you knew where we could find the child that's been born to be King of the Jews. We saw a star. Right. And we've come to worship him. The king of Judea, King Herod, was also in Jerusalem. When word got back to him that the wise men were looking for a king sent by God himself, he was not happy. I am not happy! They've come to worship a king, and it's not me! That's what they said, your majesty. That's preposterous! I am mad, I tell you! Hopping mad! Oh, wait! Teachers! Uh, yes, my lord? Yes, my lord. Huh? Oh, stand up! Yes, my lord. Yes, my lord. Okie doke! Where do these, uh, prophets say the Messiah will be born? In Bethlehem, your highness. Mm, I see. Bring these wise men to me, secretly. <laughs> yes, my lord. Yes, my lord. Uh, do what now? <sighs> oh! 
So King Herod had a secret meeting with the three wise men. He found out from them when the star had appeared, and then he sent them on to Bethlehem. Go and find this child, and when you find him, report back to me. Then I can go uh, worship him. <laughs> Okay, guess we'll be going then. The wise men continued their journey, this time to Bethlehem. The star they'd seen stopped over the house where the child was. Come in. Uh, it's him! God be praised! What is this? We've traveled very far to worship the Savior God has sent. And we brought presents fit for a king. Yes, I brought gold. And frankincense. I brought myrrh. Do you like it? Do you like the myrrh? It's very nice. I told you she liked the myrrh. Praise be to God. The wise men were filled with joy because they got to see Jesus face to face. They had planned to go back to Jerusalem on their way home, but God warned them in a dream not to return to King Herod. So they returned to their country on a different road. Are we there yet? Why are you like this? Why didn't we take the convertible? The end. The wise men traveled a long way to celebrate Jesus. And it wasn't even Christmas Day. It doesn't have to be Christmas to celebrate all that God has done for us through His Son. So you're saying we should keep decorations up all year? Well, you could do that, I guess. But I think there might be better ways to celebrate Jesus throughout the year. Like what? Why don't you ask them? Oh, oh, uh, why don't you do the honors? <gasps> oh, all right. <clears throat> Reveal the question! How can you celebrate Jesus all year long? Well, you can read about him in the Bible, the stuff he said and did. Uh, you can pray or sing songs to tell him how you feel about him. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can celebrate Jesus by loving people the way he loves us. Uh, don't give them all the answers, Kellen. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for the story. You bet, guys. I'll see you next time. Bye. Wow, that is a really good question. How can you celebrate Jesus all year long? Well, you know what? I'd love to hear your ideas. If you write them down, you can do that now while your mom and dad are watching the next part of the service, and then send them to me, douglas at cedarvalley.ca. I'd love to send you something back. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. Hey, Cedar Valley, uh, my last teaching here, and I thought it started at least with this title slide, which is kind of fun, play on words. Um, this present future is not your past. Stay with me. The people of Israel had miraculously escaped captivity in Egypt, and by captivity, I mean enslavement. Then Egyptian leaders had forgotten about Joseph's salvation of their people. Um, so far down the road, historically speaking, they saw in the people of Israel cheap and abundant labor who actually might turn on them or just leave them altogether. 
They didn't see the family line of the one who saved them from starvation through seven years of drought so many years before that. They were brutal. Uh, Pharaoh ordered every Egyptian to make the Israelites their slaves, to treat them cruelly, to work them hard. Crazy long hours on farms, crazy long hours of carrying bricks for building. Then they were forced to make the bricks they were carrying. Then they were forced to gather the straw to make the bricks that they were carrying. And when they couldn't make or carry as many bricks as they used to, their masters just beat them senseless and said they were just lazy. A series of plagues later, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, let the people of Israel go for a weekend worship retreat. But the signs were telling the people, included women and children, they took their flocks and herds, even their Egyptian masters gave them gold and silver as the people of Israel were making their way out. So Pharaoh changed his mind. He sent his cavalry after them, hundreds of soldiers on horse, to chase down and bring back a bunch of brick makers and layers and farmers and their wives and children and livestock, because that's a fair fight, right? Moses parts the Red Sea for a dry land getaway. The cavalry pursues them and horses and men are drowned when the walls of water break down and crash upon them. God saves the people of Israel. And so Moses and Miriam, they write a song about this miraculous escape that begins with these lines in Exodus chapter 15. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. And sing it they did, my friends. Miriam took a tambourine in her hand. This is verse 20 now. And all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. And then it begins. Like, this is really weird. The complaining and the grumbling. They complained. Like, what are we supposed to drink? Exodus 15, verse 24. So Moses asked God what to do. So God said, well, let's throw a piece of water into this nearby really bitter pool of water so that it'll be drinkable, and voila, they had water in the middle of the desert. They grumbled. This is chapter 16 of Exodus, verse 3. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Like there, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you, speaking of Moses, you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Really? So, so God sent them meat, quail, in the evening and bread, manna, in the morning. And voila, they had food. <coughs> but this hardly stopped the complaining and the grumbling. So what did Moses do? Did he join them in their reminiscing about the good old days back in Egypt? Did he take them back to Egypt? No. As the story goes, Moses remembered what God had done with them and for them in the song he co-wrote with Aaron's sister, his partner in ministry, her name being Miriam. Moses organized the people of Israel to build and furnish the tabernacle, that portable meeting place with God. And Moses defended the people of Israel to God when God fairly burned with anger against them for making an idol of gold in the shape of a calf that would lead them. Like, this was the very first thing they agreed not to do in their agreement with God. So God was right to call them a stiff-necked people, which is to say a stubborn, hard-to-lead bunch. And like, didn't Moses know that? But he defended them anyway by appealing to God to keep his promise 
the one that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, also known as Israel, to make their descendants as numerous as the stars. And then Moses led them into the future, to the land of Canaan. Why does this story matter? Why am I telling it to you? Because even though the circumstances of the people of Israel at that time were quite different than ours in this time, it's, it's partly, if not mostly, a story about attitude. I think the story of the people of Israel coming out of the Exodus then has some important things to tell us about the past, present, and future of Cedar Valley Church, such as put the past in perspective. Cedar Valley Church has much to remember about what God has done with and for you. Now, I'm hesitant to write a lyric for a song of remembrance as Moses and Miriam did for the people of Israel because I think you, Cedar Valley, would have great verses that I will miss. I know you do, actually. And better ways, maybe even of saying such things. And I'm even more hesitant to sing it, but let me remind you, this would be some of the lyric in a song for Cedar Valley. Cedar Valley Mennonite Church, born in 1940, founded by those who made their own escape from the Ukraine to Canada. God worked with you and gave you your first meeting place, a small one-room building, but that you overgrew. Working with John Friesen, God gave you the Cedar Valley Road property. Building began in 1951. Volunteer labor, no debt. Built in stages, basement first, sanctuary second, all done in 1953. More growth, more rentals. A move from German-speaking to English-speaking ministry. More growth, new building, all done in 1979. God's gift to you to meet for worship, to offer as a gift in service of the people of mission, to disciple old and new followers of Jesus. Cedar Valley Children's Center, wild youth nights, massive choir, a place and a people of belonging. Walk through Bethlehem, Christmas Eve, Good Friday, Easter, worship, 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 weddings and funerals and block parties, people coming and you going, being the church, in your homes, at work, in your neighborhoods, in your city, all over the world. Halloween Outreach, Mission City's Summer Market, Reverse Advent Calendar, Operation Christmas Child, Seas of Hope Ministry, Light of the World Christian School. Sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. He has given you refuge and purpose and success in ministry and sends you into your city to sing this song and songs like it with or without tambourines and dancing, your call. There are so many good things to remember and sing about and thank God for, but not, but not everything was good, right? There, there isn't a, a church people on the planet where it's been good all the time, all the way through. Like, we're human. Here's the problem. The past has a power that the future lacks, and that is the power of nostalgia. Nostalgia has the power to make the good things of our past feel better than they might have been, and the bad things of our past seem not as bad as we remember. So said the Israelites, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you, Moses, whew, that brought us out in the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So we say, if only we could go back to the good old days before the pandemic, were they that good? Yes, much of it was, as my little song says. But Cedar Valley Church has been on a steady numerical decline for more than a decade, and it has lost an entire generation. And we should ask why. And that would be a good question, a question that I would carefully answer with two of my own questions, as I would ask of any churches in decline. 
first of them is this. Have you gravitated towards personal comfort? If only we had a choir again. If only we sang hymns again. If only people would come to us again. Or have you gravitated away from reaching out to others? The world, the world has changed around us. There was a time when it was cultural to belong to a church. But since this new millennia, the Western world has turned suspicious and critical of the Christian church. What with the church's moral failures and stifling, borderline abusive moral legalism and the ramping up of the rhetoric of tolerance and secular spirituality in the culture, the gap between the church and the world around us is ever widening. But the church, for the most part, continues to do what was successful in the past because it's what we know. And hey, it, it worked then, so why not now? Because now is not then. As my friend John says, the path to the future of the church is not through its past. Or as I've said here in my title slide, this present future is not your past. So we have to ask, has Cedar Valley Church been a church relevant for its time? I think we would agree the gospel doesn't change, but how we share it with others needs to change with the changing times, right? Again, because I've said this before, we can be indifferent to the culture, we can be afraid of the culture, or be judgmental of the culture, but none of these postures are particularly effective ways to reach out to people. But loving our neighbor is effective. And not just loving our neighbor through the church by inviting them to unfamiliar events in our comfortable space filled with people who are strangers to them. Remember, Sunday morning worship feels good to us because it's comfortable. It is, however, a series of disconnections for unchurched people, wandering, semi-unrelated or totally unrelated announcements, religious language, a time of group karaoke, and a 30-minute lecture from a book they don't own and they don't know. Loving our neighbor is also very personal. It is listening to them. It is empathizing with them. It is praying for them. It is asking questions and sharing stories of hope. It is in the end telling them about Jesus, how he changed the world, how he changed the church, and how he changed you. It's, it's not very comfortable sometimes, but it is part of a healthy pathway of discipleship. The problem with many churches is that they spend way too much time trying to keep people from leaving the church and not enough time reaching out to those who are lost. Think about it. If you counted all the people who belong to Christian churches in the city of Mission, would they outnumber those who are engaged in church? No. Let's say roughly 10% of the population of Mission belongs to a church in the city. That would leave a whopping 90% of the population who don't. Why then do most churches in decline spend 90% of their efforts on 10% of the population? Doesn't that seem a little bit upside down? So here's a tough question. Are you a stubborn, hard to lead people? Are you, to borrow the phrase from Exodus 32, a stiff-necked people? Well, I'm not, you might say, but so-and-so is for sure. Not so fast. Let me ask you, how do you respond to the decisions made by the leadership team of the church? Do you complain and grumble about them because you don't agree with them? Do you talk to other people about them, but not actually anybody on the leadership team? Do you make assumptions and send critical or maybe even slightly 
patronizing email is what you might defend as just trying to be helpful. Do you withhold your offering when you disagree with something? If you answered yes to any or all of the following, you might just be stiff-necked. The leadership team has made itself available for your feedback and questions. Give it to them graciously and ask them questions thoughtfully. It was not stiff-necked when Val Gertzen got up at a congregational meeting almost two years ago and said, if the leadership team is recommending that we hire a transitional pastor, then we should hire a transitional pastor. They are our leaders, after all. It wasn't blind faith either. It was support. It was trust. Will you follow your leadership team now into your future? Which leads me to my second and last point. Turn your attention to it. Turn your attention to the future. Moses did not reminisce about the good old days back in Egypt, and he did not allow the complaining and grumbling of the people of Israel to change his mind. Yes, he remembered what God had done with and for them, but he didn't take them back to where they were. He looked to the future, to the land of Canaan. Similarly, God has led Cedar Valley Church through a transition season made tougher by a worldwide pandemic. You are positioned for your future. You have new mission, vision, and value statements reminding you of why you exist and how you will go about your purpose as a church. Your transition and leadership teams have worked hard to update your governance model, constitution, and supporting bylaws, which will allow them to make decisions, your leadership team, more efficiently and more effectively. And your transition and leadership teams have worked hard to put together staffing profiles that make the most sense to them for your future. Stay tuned for more information on those in early January. So the questions remain, are you ready for your future? The transition and leadership teams invite you to join them in sharing the gift of God that is your church campus as a gift in service of the people of mission. This is your vision based upon one of your core strengths as a church, which is the property that was given to you years ago, and based upon the need in your community for spaces to meet. The last question then is, how will you participate? Because the joy of the stories that come out of sharing the campus aren't meant just for the pastors. They're meant for the whole church. A support group participant reaching out to the church to host a memorial here at the church. A support group leader wondering about shutting it down because of small numbers. One week, only two people showing up, praying about it. Eight people showing up the next week. A new United Way worker hosting a sit-down, get-to-know-each-other, greeting a Punjabi men and women new to our neighborhood, grateful for the space to connect. God has brought all these beautiful people to us, to the church. Will you join your pastors and leaders, or will you be stiff-necked? Will you join your pastors and leaders or will you tell yourself, ah, you're too old, you're, you're too young, you're, you're too busy? Will you join your pastors and leaders or will you let them have all the fun? Will you join a group of people who could form what some might call the campus outreach team? to host these folks, to pray for them, to provide security, whatever it is that you would decide to do, will you engage in your own vision? Last Sunday, 
You thank me for being your transitional pastor. This Sunday, let me thank you. Thank you for inviting me into your community of faith. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers and your support. Thank you for participating as best as you could in the transition process through a pandemic. Thanks for your kind gift of time away for me and Jackie at the Harrison Hot Springs Resort. And thanks for the after church lunch. I do love me some good fried chicken. Thanks to the transition team. Paige, Elliot, Katie Pankratz, Leslie Miller, Brad Unger, Michelle Elliott, Margaret Dobson, Hank Newfeld, and Vic Dirksen. It was a joy getting to know you and a pleasure to work with you. It was an intense 12 months. You worked hard and we got lots done. Well done. Thanks to the leadership team. Brad Unger, Justin Pankratz, Gail Dirksen, Pam Drockel, Michelle Elliott, and Cheryl Dick. And newly added, Chad Riggins. We've logged a lot of time together. You led through a very difficult season, not just through the transition, but through an ongoing worldwide pandemic. I appreciate you. I respect you. I trust you. You're such a fantastic collection of people representing your church. You have and will make some very tough decisions. I am proud of you, and I can't wait to see where the Lord will lead you as you lead the church. Just keep going. Thanks to pastors Doug and Grant. There are no two people at Cedar Valley Church who I've spent more time with in this last 22 months. Thanks for praying with me. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with me. Thanks for working with me. Thanks for being honest and vulnerable and laughing with me. You are both such good men. It was good to get to know you. Blessings on both of you. Finally, let me thank you for this. For the chance to preach. It is a gift you have given me, the time to study the Word of God and the chance to share my thoughts with you about what I think our God might be saying to us. It is a sacred trust that is humbling, and I am grateful for it. Let me pray. Father, you tell us that you will continue to work on us individually and as a church. You have brought us through 22 months of straining uh, through a pandemic and navigating uh, conversations around transition of ministry here in our church. I believe that you've led us very clearly with new mission, vision, and values statements, new ways of governing and caring for each other and making decisions, and leaders that the church will call to lead. I pray that Cedar Valley Church would seize its future and know that you are already there. And know that you will work with them to get there. That this present future cannot go through the past. That it has to look different. Honoring the past, but being relevant for right now. May the church, may Cedar Valley have the courage to step into its future. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Peace, Cedar Valley.